What's up, buddy? Welcome back to the AJ Bucon Podcast. If you are like me, life has probably been so hectic lately and on the horizon. Uh, all that you see are things to do, things that um, if you just check them off, each little item off of your list uh, that you make every day, somehow you're going to be um, happier, but I don't know that you'll be totally uh, fulfilled in your life. And that's kind of how I am sometimes. You know, we just you keep doing this, 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 this. You check it off. You get that, accomplish that. You do this. But, you know, at the end of the day, once that list is gone, how do you feel about, you know, yourself? How do you feel about the way things have been going? And so, um, yeah, it's just this constant quest for finding, you know, some kind of um, meaning, satisfaction, contentment, whatever it may be, whatever word you want to use with uh, beyond the daily grind, beyond the daily grind of um, schoolwork or beyond the, the grind of your daily work or things that are going at home, you know, when you, everything is all said and done, how do you feel? And so this topic I, I want to talk to you today about is called, um, immersion. Um, you know, being totally involved in something. And I, I don't mean to be like totally involved immersion, in terms of being totally immersed in completing a things to do list. Um, to me, that's, you know, just completing a things to do list. And I don't know that that's, um, where I'm going here. What I mean by immersion is totally involved in something that, um, there's an element of growth, um, you know, in terms of maybe skills, in terms of spiritual growth, in terms of accomplishment that, uh, you have moved, um, into a different realm of understanding, a different realm of um, competence in life. Let me, I'm going to give you a few examples before I kind of get into um, too far into this. Like, for example, you know, back in high school, uh, I remember taking uh, Spanish with Senora Papagan at Central Catholic High School. And I took it my, let's see, let's see one, two, three, I took it for three years and, um, I just remember after the first two years that she had a rule, um, in class that if you spoke any English, you had to put a penny in a jar. And anytime you did that, like you had to bring your pennies and put them in the jar. And I think what, what she was trying to uh, show us there is that the only way you're really going to embrace a foreign language is to speak it continuously and to struggle with it until you, have mastered it. And that was one of the, the reasons I, I think I enjoyed uh, Spanish so much. But even nowadays, you know, when we talk about immersion, the, the, the thing that, that can help people the most in terms of speaking a foreign language is to actually live in that country and to be totally immersed in the culture, in the language, in the, the choice of words. And that's where, you know, that rich develop, uh, ability develops. You know, it's the same way with music. I think many of us are you know, casual music enthusiasts, um, you know, at, at best, I think we have our, you know, on Spotify or iTunes or Amazon, whatever, you know, music streaming service we happen to listen to. I think we're all casual listeners and we have our favorite artists, but, 
um, we're not totally immersed in it the way that an artist is, the way that, um, you know, your favorite person, whether, you know, whatever genre it may be, um, is immersed in his or her music. Um, understanding the intricacies of the sounds, the, the, the choice of lyrics and, you know, the creation of something. And so, um, as an artist, an artist will be immersed in his or her craft. Uh, we can also be immersed in, um, kind of partaking in, in, um, in the artist's craft. Uh, for example, you know, how many times have you, um, picked up a book and said, um, wow, this is an incredible book. And you, you have a hard time putting it down. And, you know, as opposed to looking at, you know, your cell phone or looking at the TV and stopping all the time that you were just kind of look, spending, spending as much time reading that book and becoming immersed in the characters. And it it really, it, it transports you to another place, another time, um, into a different world. It's beyond yours. And I think that's something that is important, uh, that we're able to do. And, you know, as we're coming up here, um, you know, we have the holiday season coming up, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, um, you know, many people become immersed, not only in just the holiday aspect of it, but the religious and the spiritual, um, aspects of this time of the year. Uh, you know, with, with fall, with summer having ended and fall coming to a close. And we kind of get to the point where we're kind of looking back at all the things that we have done, uh, in life. And we use the holidays as kind of a, a transition into uh, a better time. Uh, and it's a chance for reflection. It's a chance for spiritual growth. And it's important. I think that we become immersed in the important aspects of the holidays. Um, so that's just, I'm going to kind of leave that there just for you to think about. And I'm going to kind of move on to just a couple of things I'm going to talk about more specifically. Um, I found this great quote. Um, I was kind of looking around thinking about like, how do you define, uh, immersion? Um, and I found this is, uh, Anthony Tapies, Anthony Tapies, I think that's how you pronounce it. He is, um, I don't know a great deal about him. I do know that he was a, um, from what I found, just with a quick search, uh, Spanish painter. Um, but I found this quote that he had about um, immersion. Um, he says, to achieve contact with reality is not to transport oneself elsewhere. It is not transcendence, but through immersion in one's surroundings, a reality which is neither purely physical nor metaphysical, but both at once. Um, it, it got me thinking, and you know, I've read this quote several times, and I, I'm sure there are going to be other meanings that I, I'll eventually um, kind of reconsider and, and ponder as I, I look at it. But I think a lot of times we think that in order to get away from our lives in order to gain meaning that we have to, um, like get away and experience something else. But, you know, true meaning is coming from 
being immersed in one's surroundings and kind of understanding why things are the way they are, why we feel the way that they are, and really gaining some kind of meaning uh, beyond that. And so it was just something that um, that I'm always trying to do. I'm trying to say, like, how can we move beyond just, like, the standard, okay, let's do this activity, then let's do this task, and let's do make this appointment, and let's go to the store to pick up these things, and kind of take off the... the the checklist mentality that we have in society and say, what can we do that's more? And um, what happened was about, I probably would say about a month ago, all this, this started popping up on my Facebook account. Uh, it was the, this Van Gogh immersion exhibit uh, that is kind of touring around. It's set up in different parts of the country uh, right now. Um, what it is is in, in different cities, they have um, this exhibit in which you go into basically what has been set up as like an empty warehouse, like an art exhibit, where an art exhibit normally wouldn't be. And you go into like a big warehouse area and all of the, um, many of the paintings of uh, Vincent Van Gogh are presented on the walls around you, you know, with musical accompaniment. And, you know, when you look at the advertisement, it seems like it's one of those things that if you're trying to find something like to uh, kind of give you some insights about life, to make you look at things a little bit differently, to maybe have an experience beyond what we normally have, this seems like the kind of exhibit that you would want to see. And so, you know, a group of us from, um, you know, from school and, you know, some other people went up to, uh, took a trip up to Pittsburgh um, to take a look at this exhibit. Um, and it was interesting. And I, I don't want to get into, like, people are going to have different opinions about whether it's a good exhibit or it's a bad exhibit. I'm just sharing my, my personal experiences of it. So I have been looking forward to this for a while because I was like, oh, I got to get out of this this routine, I need to do something different, kind of experience something else. You know, I wanted to transport myself somewhere else into something else. And so um, I thought, wow, that'd be really cool to go see this Van Gogh exhibit. Um, I don't, I know a little bit about Van Gogh, but not as much as like Ann Kale, the, um, our, art, our art teacher at Central or any other art teacher or anyone who's familiar with him. Um, but I don't know enough to know, be able to kind of recognize what his artwork looks like, but I don't know as much about his life as I, I would hope. And so anyhow, I thought, well, I want to make sure I do this right. So I just remember reading all the advice on online about how to go through the exhibit that you want to stop here and then you want to go by this. And it was becoming like this checklist thing that I wanted to do here. It was taking away from, um, I don't know, the, the fun aspect of it, the inquisitive aspect of it. I just wanted to experience it for myself rather than other people telling me this is what you need to do. So anyhow, went up to Pittsburgh, um, you know, drove through the tunnel. It's always just so beautiful. You know, we go to Pittsburgh and um, I don't go there as often as I probably could, but it, it's just, it's so neat, particularly at night when you go up, um, when you're going through the tunnels and you, you leave through the tunnels and then Pittsburgh is just like right there and um, it, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful site. So, um, you would think that like this exhibit was going to be someplace kind of prominent, but it was somewhere down on this, in the strip di district. And we went down there and we driving around trying to find it. 
And yeah, it was in this um, obscure kind of warehouse and it was all dark. And um, I remember someone that was traveling with said it looks kind of seedy. And, you know, that kind of word stuck with me, like seedy, shady. It looked like it was like, is this a scam? Are we going someplace that is uh, not on the up and up? You know what I mean? And so we were driving around. It seemed like it, you know, it was it was chilly out. It was dark. Um, there were some signs up, but it was like it was like this underground um, rave type party thing. I've never been to like an underground party or anything like that. I just I've seen it on tele seen them on television and movies and stuff like that. But it's like, what is this? This is kind of weird. It's like we're all going there, and you know, like I don't know, just odd. So um, the guy said, "Okay, you have to park down here." And so we went all the way down, like to the parking area and the person I was driving with said the same thing. Like, this is really odd. Like, you know, we're paying a lot of money here for this, um, Van Gogh immersion exhibit, which is on Facebook and across the country. And it's been portrayed as this, you know, incredible thing. And we're driving around through, you know, a dark area of Pittsburgh, uh, to find this exhibit. And we pull up to the parking lot and it's just, you know, it's a parking lot. It's, um, you know, just a typical old, <clears throat> excuse me, old parking lot. But um, got to give the guy $10 to get in there. And even like when you're rolling down the window, it's like, dude, this is really like shady, isn't it? He just looked at me and laughed and said, yeah, it's like if we gave you some marijuana, it'd definitely be, you know, kind of a shady thing. It's like, oh, no, not what I'm asking for. But like, that's kind of what this is like. So, yeah, I know. I know. Everyone says that. It's like, okay, so I'm I'm in the... um maybe the majority of people saying the same thing. So we get out and we go over to the, um, find the exhibit, walk back towards where the warehouse is. And it's well lit. It's, you know, they have police officers out there, you know, to check people's purses and, you know, and everything. And so it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just, um, it's just odd on the outside. It's like you're going into this dark building to see, these paintings and um, these beautiful, um, colorful exhibits um, that are going to be projected on the wall. So there's a neat kind of contrast to that, which kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of made sense to me a little bit, but it was really weird. So I went in and, you know, they have all these tapestries hanging down that has all these different um, descriptions of different periods of Van Gogh's um, exhibits. And we went in and look it's um it's a commercial endeavor here it's it's art but like you know you pay quite a bit of money for this and you go in and you know you got you got to get a token and then you give the person the token and then when you give them the token they give you this um they lend you a van gogh exhibit um seating pad that you can little cushion that you can sit on on the floor it's like oh okay so I got it. We we all kind of waited around for everyone to get there from our party. And then we went in and the way it works is there's a, it's a 35 minute uh, presentation and it's a continuous one. And so what they say is, you know, you can go in anytime or you can wait till it's done. And so it was kind of odd to me going in there and, and just seeing the, the exhibit itself because people, you know, we went in, we waited till the very end and we said, okay, let's go in and get, 
a nice seat or a nice area where we can sit on the floor or where we can stand. And, you know, we all, we all just kind of found one and we all got kind of got comfortable waiting for it to start. And then when it started, you know, it was still kind of dark, but then the, the pictures, um, the, you know, it was from the bottom of the floor all the way to the top of the floor. And it was all the way around us with this beautiful, um, music playing. And it was, it was, it was interesting. Um, it was fascinating to see that. And the, the neat thing about it is the, the way they had created it, it looked as if Van Gogh was actually painting many of the images that we were seeing. So they had kind of modified the pictures in order to do that. So it was like an immersive experience to us. But there were times, when, you know, and it was neat to kind of just see some of his pictures and his different styles. Um, but then, you know... I, I personally started questioning, like, what am I doing here? Am I really, <clears throat> quote, unquote, uh, immersed in this? And the question was no for me, because as I was sitting there, I couldn't help but realize where I was. I wasn't, to me, I wasn't part of the exhibit. I was just looking at the kind of the video that was on the wall, which was, which was nicely done, but to me... It wasn't, I didn't feel that connection. And I don't know if that was because of my mind or because I had um, different expectations for it. Um, I just didn't, I didn't connect with the art exhibit the way that many other people have connected with it. And, you know, that's okay. Um, Other people, you know, different, you know, different people have different experiences and I just had a different experience with this. And so it was just interesting. Um, to kind of take a look at that and say, you know, what's going on here? And, and the big thing for me was, um, as we were sitting there and some of our group sat on the, the, uh, benches behind us. And I, I wanted to sit on the floor cause I thought that was kind of a cool thing. You know, I don't mind. Um, so I struggled getting up and down the floor, but you know, as I was, we were watching it because the, the, the exhibit like started and, and just was continuous some people had already come in they already seen a part and they were getting up to leave and so like people were coming in and out and in and out and it was like you I wasn't really immersed in the exhibit the way that I wanted to be the way that I had expected simply because there were so many like little different distractions around um, people coming in and out people trying to sit down you know, a couple people, you know, some of the people who work there were coming over and saying, hey, you need to pull up your mask and, you know, do this. And so it was an odd experience for me. Um, and I felt kind of like, why did I do this? I wasn't really immersed in the Van Gogh exhibit. And um, it got me really thinking about what this means and how sometimes, you know, we just... Um, we go on and on and on and we think we are, we are seeing, you know, the world as it is, but we're only seeing it somewhat super superficially. You know, for me, I was seeing all the colors, the beautiful um, paintings as they were kind of presented on the screen, you know, um, with the music. And it was, I, I can see how many people would gravitate to that, but there was something that just, I wasn't feeling that, uh, connection. You know, I wasn't part of the Van Gogh experience, if that makes any sense in terms of what his life was like, what his pick movie or what his 
um, paintings were like, it just, it wasn't there for me. And that's just me, you know, um, there were too many other things going on, too many other things on my mind, whether it be people walking in and out or people walking in front of me or sitting on the floor, whatever it may be, that was me. It could have been that I was thinking about the drive home, that I was thinking about what we ate for dinner or that, you know, that what I was going to do the next day. And there were all these things that like kept me from being immersed in it and to really experience it. And I don't know, like before we left, I even brought up, Hey, do y'all want to stay and watch it again? Or maybe go to a different part of the room and, and watch it. Cause it was like all the way around the room. It's the same exhibit, but it's just on all four walls. You know, maybe you said somewhere and no one, like I said, no one seemed like, Oh yeah, let's go watch it again. And to me, you know, that was kind of a signal that maybe we all were not um, as into it as we, we had hoped we would have been. And do we, do you blame it on the exhibit? Do you blame it on us? I, I don't know. But, you know, to me, it's made me stop and think about how much time we spend trying to find and to be a part of something when we're not willing to kind of go the um, extra effort to really be immersed in it. Um, let me give you kind of an example. And this is kind of like just from a teaching perspective and what, what I do in school. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had read um, Chadwick Bose, watched Chadwick Boseman's um, commencement address to uh, Howard University in the School of the Arts. Uh, incredible, incredible speech um, that he gave. Uh, personable but really thoughtful and um, talking about life. So then, you know, as a teacher, say, okay, we're not just going to watch this. We're going to write something about it. We're going to create something in regards to it. So, you know, we talked about it a little bit. We talked about, like, what is an audience we got from it. Um, and we kind of, I really wanted them to be engaged with Chadwick Bozeman, the, the speaker, and what he had to say to the graduates. I wanted them to kind of put themselves in the position of the graduates um, and what they needed to hear. So like as an artist or as a speaker, um, we could kind of understand what Chadwick Bozeman was uh, trying to do. So, yeah, we, um, we read it. We did our normal annotations, which is, you know, just kind of taking apart the speech and just saying, what's he doing here? Why is he doing it? How is it connected to the audience? But, you know, in a sense, a lot of times my students say, oh, my gosh, why do we have to annotate this again? And sometimes like annotating is a means of immersion um, that, you know, you really get to know something a little bit better when you break it down. You look at the parts and you look a little bit more deeply at what an author is doing or what an artist is saying through his art, his, um, or her music, whatever it may be. So, yeah, that's, so that's kind of what we, we did. And, uh, then we wrote about it. We wrote a wonderful essays about it. Um, these are some of the best ones I think I've, I read in a long time. And that, you know, that's, um, the students are really engaged in it and I loved reading, you know, what they had to write about that. But then I said, let's do something ourselves. Let's kind of take this a step beyond that. And, create something that will go along with the essay that we've done. Cause I, I, sometimes I think, you know, particularly in school, we, we, we tend to rush, 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 rush to get through things. And I know we have so many things to cover and I, I always get that. And I'm always one that's like agonizes over said, I'm not getting to everything that I need to get to. I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't do that. And, 
you know, <clears throat> after 31 years of teaching and like multiple years of saying that over and over again, I realized everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine and the kids will be fine. But I think there's a point where we have to say that, you know, I want it, want it to be like the process and the experience is a little bit more than actually covering every single item that I need to cover because it's never going to happen. And so why have these false um, goals, these things that aren't going to come true? So anyhow, yada, yada, yada. And I'm back to what we're doing with the Chadwick Bozeman speech. So listening to the speech and I said, um, let's just, let's do some things that something created with this. And we wanted to create what I just called a word collage. And what I asked them to do, and I said, we're not tracing here. We're all going to just kind of embrace our imperfections, so to speak, and do the best drawing that we can. But I want you to find, you know, just go online, find an image of like Chadwick Boseman. And I told him, said, look for Chadwick Boseman and do a search with a drawing. And then, so they found some drawings of him and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, we know that Chadwick Boseman also played the Black Panther in uh, the Marvel uh, MCU. Um and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I said, well, why don't you Google Chadwick Bo or Black Panther drawings? And so many of them started doing that as well. And they said, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I said, well, he also played Jackie Robinson. Oh, yeah, I like baseball. I want to do that. Cool. And so they all stood and they started looking up Wakanda Forever and looking up all kinds of things. And I said, well, let's not forget that, you know, he's more than just the characters he's played, that there's a message in there. And, you know, there's this message about um, climbing the hill and the struggles that we have uh, climbing the hill and that everyone gets there by a different path. And I think that kind of struck a chord with many of the students. And some of them actually drew hills and mountains and this idea of, you know, this extended metaphor that, that Bozeman uses in his speech. He, um, you know, they, they drew pictures of that. So they were all drawing the pictures. But the, the interesting thing about the pictures is they had to just do a light sketch, but then they had to take words and phrases and, and sentences from Bozeman's speech, ones that, that, you know, when you look at the artistry of writing a speech, if you can pull out words uh, that speak to you or a sentence or two that really help you, uh, that really helps you to, understand what the author is saying and so they they kind of return back to what they had written they return back to Chadwick Boseman's speech itself the excerpt that we were doing and they started pulling out words and they had to create these um, instead of the lines being on the pictures that the words made up the lines and so it was this they had different size sizes of text um, some of them wrote in cursive some of them wrote all caps for emphasis some of them wrote smaller letters for emphasis but all the words were put together to create this visual representation of Chadwick Boseman and the speech that he gave and so what was really cool was like we had you know Black Panthers we had you know just these portraits of Chadwick Boseman, we had Jackie Robinson, we had people climbing a hill, we had people doing a podium, but everyone had their own little um, style that they were using with this. And, you know, the there are going to be people who are just incredible artists and people who struggle with art. But I always tell them, you know, we're all artists in some way. But the thing that I want to emphasize here is that they all, for the most part, whether they they like it or not, they were all like immersed in the creation of this. And while some were always skeptical, um, 
you know, there are always going to be students who are skeptical about kind of the process. By the time we were finished, we had some really incredible pieces of artwork simply because they decided to move a little bit closer, a little bit um, creatively into Chadwick Boseman and his speech, and they created something of themselves, which to me, just having experienced, you know, the Van Gogh immersion exhibit, these were much more immersion um, in terms of understanding my students and seeing that this aspect from them and what was going on in their lives and what they chose to create and what they chose to hear. So it, it was kind of interesting. Um, and I always kind of, you know, for me, if, if you know me and how I am as a teacher, um, I used to be like, I got to go, 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 go. And I'm, I'm trying to back down, back away from that and trying to just like, let's say, let's just be in this moment and really take some time to really enjoy this. And everything else will take care of itself once we get about, once we um, get back on, on the road. And so it was really interesting what the students came up with in regards to this, because they were just really, to me, there was a sense of, you know, finding themselves in the words of Chadwick Boseman in the creation of not only the essay, but also this piece of artwork. And by slowing down a little bit and focusing on one aspect, instead of saying, hey, we got to do this, 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 and this, we, it was a whole, it was a big project, but there were so many different aspects of it. It was like a total immersion in this rhetorical analysis, this creative um, artwork for Chadwick Boseman. Um, so I don't know, I, you know, as, as we talk about this and I, I keep looking at my life and, and I, and I hope that as you continue to look at it too, I think it's important that you kind of look, look at things and say, you know, how invested am I in things that are transpiring around me? Am I someone who feels the need to run off and find my Van Gogh immersion exhibit to find some kind of meaning? Or can I find the meaning right here, right in the moment with what I'm doing with the people who are around me and truly gain some kind of insight from that? Because I think that's what really, you know, life is about, you know, regardless of where we travel, where we go, it's about being present and it's about being, um, fully invested in what we're doing at the time. And I think we get so caught up in, I got to do this, 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 and this, that checklist thing that I was talking about earlier that we, we just lose, lose track of those important things. And I think it's, it's, it's so, um, it's just so very, um, integral to who we are as humans that we, we find meaning in what is going around us. And so as we look forward to the holidays and we look forward to, you know, all of the hustle and bustle, I also think it's important that we do slow down, that we, we take a look at what's going on and that, you know, that we immerse ourselves in the moment. We immerse ourselves in the interactions that we have with our loved ones, that we immerse ourselves in the you know, if we're baking cookies and the enjoyment and the creativity of, of doing that, um, instead of just saying, I got to get these done, I got to get these done. Let's take our time and do them and just enjoy that moment. Um, 
big or small, even if we say we have other things we want to do or other things we think we need to do, um, if we don't do them, it's not the end of the world. Um, we may actually be getting more from just being immersed in, in what we're doing in the here and now. But anyhow, I don't know. I think that's where I am. That was kind of a trip for me in terms of like being really immersed in this topic. I've been thinking about this for like two weeks. So anyhow, hey, um, if you haven't had a chance, uh, I had a recent blog um, about two weeks ago um, about another um, immersive experience for me. Um, Mom's rainy road trip. Uh, I took mom up to see her um, her her friends, uh, John and Chris. Um, about two hours away. It was another really good time for me to just experience the moment. And if you want to read about it, it's at um, ajbucon.com. My um, my blog is called Time and Space. You can also, um, if you want to, you can check out my two books that I have, uh, both on Amazon. Uh, you can also contact me via my corner store uh, about it. My first book is My Corner of the World. Uh, about my first year teaching at my alma mater. And the other one's kind of a retrospective on all my blogs I've been doing for the past five years, kind of putting some um, perspective on those and going back and re-immersing myself in those experiences that I've had. So uh, if you're interested, um, please take a look. Uh, let me know if you, you can't find a copy somewhere. Um, so again, hey, let's make sure that while we're out there and we're kind of getting into the holiday season that we're taking care of ourselves. Um, make sure you're eating right. Um, you know, drinking plenty of liquids, taking care of yourself, taking care of the ones that you love. Um, make sure that you're being really kind to people. The holidays are not always the best for many people, um, particularly um, those people who may be lost or may have lost loved ones or may be going through different tragedies in their lives. It's not always a, a positive experience for everyone. So it's important we're kind of aware of that and make sure that we're being kind to everyone. And again, I want to thank you for listening. Um, this has been uh, AJ Bucon and the AJ Bucon Podcast. Mm-hmm.